about before as well. And just been thinking a little bit more this week about um, just a thought on, on Sunday morning and getting back on track and just uh, was thinking about how part of that is, is the importance of it is our heart. And in Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible tells us in verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And you know, the heart, our heart is, a, is an important organ physically, but really from a spiritual point of view, it's the seat of our uh, understanding and emotion, and it's it's really important that we keep our heart, we guard it. And really, the heart is central to winning the battle against the enemy, it's central to keeping your focus on God, it's central to hearing the voice of God, it's central to doing the will of God. And when you have your heart where it's meant to be, then all of those things that really add up to success in the Christian life and, and keeping track is is uh, is achieved. And so we're going to read in, in Deuteronomy chapter 3 because God warns his people here in verse 15. They're about to enter into the promised land and, and God knows man's heart. God knows what it's prone to do. God knows what it's prone to, um, to, to, to be distracted by. And so he gives them this in verse 15. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Notice verse 17, but if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish that you shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. So notice that he reminds them that following after God that's how they're going to find life. And we heard a little bit about that on Sunday night. And the length of my days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. And he's saying it's critical for you that you follow me. It's critical for you that you love me and you, that you obey my voice and you cleave unto me. But the warning there is found in verse 17. He says, but if thine heart turn away, this is a heart condition. And I, I want to summarize this condition as a wandering heart. It's a heart that wanders. And I want to I wanna help tonight, help you diagnose that a little bit. You know, I, I mentioned the, the great hymn, Come Thou Fount. And he says in one of the stanzas, the fourth stanza of that, that hymn, O to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. You know Why? He's saying that. He says, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And if we're not purposeful about how our heart is meant to follow, uh, if we're not purposeful in our focus there of following after God, you know what our heart is prone to do? It's prone to be a wandering one. It's prone to look around and 
suddenly become distracted from where we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be following. And in, in many ways, I think we can relate to that. And we're going to simply define a wandering heart tonight as one that turns away and one has, that has become misaligned from God. You ever ask your kids, for those of you parents, to just follow? You ever ask them to just, you know, maybe in a crowd, say, hey, just follow behind me. You're making sure that they, they've got sight of you or making sure that you can guide them through the crowd, that you don't lose them. It's hard sometimes when there's a lot of things going around to just keep following, to just keep in step. And, and you imagine that, that situation there where the, the people of Israel are about to go into this unknown, really, this promised land. It was unknown to them, though. They had some sort of uh, reconnaissance about the land. They sent spies there, but they were about to go, and this is for real now. And God knew that within that, that, uh, that future thing, within the, that will of God, there were going to be some, some uh, challenges along the way that might even misalign them from Him. And He knew their heart, and so He warns them. And really, our heart needs to be aligned to our Savior in order for us to function properly. He says it there again, he, He's your life. And all of the, the success that they were meant to find as far as being uh, settling that land and all of that, it was going to be all based on them just having that, that alignment with God. And so it's, a, it's really an imperative, and it's, it's important that we diagnose this a little bit tonight. And so we're going to notice a couple of symptoms, and then we'll look at a remedy this evening. And I hope that, that we just would maybe observe some of these, and if we have these, then start to, start to remedy, remedy them as we go, get into the rest of the week. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless, and then we'll get into the message. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace tonight. I sense even within me this evening, dear God, just a, a weariness already of the week. It's the middle of the week, and we're, we're still yet to, to face the rest of it. And Lord, we just need you. We need your uh, word to speak to us, to encourage us, and, and to challenge us. I pray that you'd refresh us tonight, even as we come to you in prayer. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we open your word. I pray that you'd help us to recognize some of these things, perhaps, that uh, even in their, uh, their, their infant stages in our heart, I pray that you would help us to recognize. And then, Father, uh, to remedy them as we look in your word this evening. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So notice there in verse 17, his warning, but if thine heart, notice the first one, turn away, he says, so that thou wilt not hear. Here's the first, first symptom of a wandering heart is, is selective hearing. Selective hearing. Saying, so that thou wilt not hear. This, this, is a, this isn't a, you can't hear, you will not hear. This is not a, I'm not speaking to you anymore. I'm not instructing you anymore. I'm not trying to get your attention anymore. That's not the case. No, this is a, you will not hear. This isn't that they had no ability to hear. No, they do but they choose not to. And the first symptom of a wandering heart is a heart that will only hear what he wants to hear. You know, there's a lot of things in the, the Word of God that can, can be wonderful. There's a lot of things in the Word of God that amazes us and we, we, we are drawn into the, those, the, that, that nature of God that uh, seems to favor us, seems to comfort us. 
But you know, there's a lot of things in the Word of God that comes in warnings. There's a lot of things in the Word of God that to the, our natural man, the, 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 who we are in, in our natural state, it makes us uncomfortable. It challenges our uh, just everyday thinking. And at, at times it even can become a little bit confrontational about the condition of our lives. And it's those things that sometimes we choose not to hear. And sometimes we can go about and we could read through the Word of God. And, and if you've read it even a few times, you can almost predict those areas that you struggle with. And, and yet, so often, that's really a, a symptom of a heart that's starting to wander. You're, not, you're no longer enamored and you're no longer marveling at the, the, the wonder of the Word of God. You're wandering away. You're suddenly just selecting the parts that you want to hear. And th that's so symptomatic of the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and, sh and shall be turned unto fables. And, you know, sometimes we can have selective hearing. We turn our ears away from what we don't like. Preaching and, and, and things from the Word of God that God's trying to get our attention about that we're uncomfortable to seed His way. We're uncomfortable to be confronted by. It's a, perhaps a, a, a designer sin or some sort of thing that we just like to hold on to that, is, that we're comforted, comforted by. And yet we, we, can, we can diagnose that as, as a symptom of a wandering heart. You know, I think sometimes we have an attitude about Christianity today. It's a bit of a all-you-can-eat mentality. I'll pick and choose what I want. But there's, there's the whole counsel of God. There's a, the voice of God that still speaks through His Word that uh, we can't be selective about. We've got to listen to it all. You know, when you're focused in on someone, you ever sp spoken to someone and you know that they're just not in the conversation really? You know, you're talking to them and you know their mind's already somewhere else. You ever ask someone, hey, how, how are you? And, and then walk off immediately. <laughs> I've, I've done that and I have to catch myself. And, and sometimes we're a little like that with God. We're not really focusing on Him. Our heart is starting to wonder why we might have, you might just observe that you might have selective hearing. Here's the next symptom. Look at verse 17 again. It says, But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, notice the next one, but shalt be drawn away. So drawn away has the idea of being distracted by. Drawn away is, is you might hear a noise over here. You might get a glimmer of, of something over there, and suddenly you're turning over there. Uh, again, you, uh, sometimes when you're trying to keep your, your children's attention, and you're trying to talk to them about something semi-serious, enough that it's, they should be paying attention. And suddenly they'll hear... A dog bark. Suddenly they'll hear their sibling in the other room and suddenly their mind's elsewhere. They're easily distracted. That's the characteristic. That's the symptom. They're easily distracted. And, and you know, I, I think about Second uh, Chronicles, if you turn there quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 30. And he warns them about this in verse 8. He begins, he says, don't be like your fathers who, who did this. He says, 
in verse 8, Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you turn again unto the Lord your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return unto him. But he's saying don't be stiff-necked. You know, don't be so moved all the time by this noise and that noise and that distraction and this thing that's happening. You know, it's, it's like a person that's, their head's always constantly turning at every sound and every little thing and suddenly they're stiff-necked. Suddenly they're just, they just can't seem to get their head right. They're easily distracted. And, you know, we, we sometimes, we, we joke around and we sort of try to fool someone to look this way and that way. I don't know if you ever played that in your, with your siblings in the car, right? Try to make them look somewhere and then you call them names after that. But we, we at times are like that spiritually. We're, our wandering heart is easily drawn away or distracted. They're, you know what that is? They're unfocused. They've got a lack of focus on the things that are important. They get easily distracted by the current events, by the current controversy, and suddenly those things that are actually more important and are actual eternal things become less important. Don't get the focus that they deserve. You know, as, as Christians, our heart can easily wander after the wrong, after wrong affections after wrong appetites, after the world's approval, after fleshly ambition, after unbiblical success, when the Bible tells us to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I understand that there are very real concerns at, at times that we've got to look to, but we ought to always keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our focus on the, the things that are most important. And, you know, so often... Uh, the, the children of Israel, when you read through their actual conquest there in the book of Joshua, they had to deal with a whole lot of things, even in their wilderness journey. But especially as they got in, they, they saw Jericho, remember? And all of the walls, and they, they trembled at that. And, and what God was trying to get them to do was don't turn away when those big distractions come. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And many times in, in our lives, there are some things that happen that require a little bit of attention, but you could still keep your focus on the Lord. And, and sometimes we can get easily distracted. That's a, another symptom. You know, the world will try to make enough noise. The world will try to brighten the lights of its temptations to draw us away from our focus of following Christ. And I want to say to you young people, that one of the most important things that you need to develop in your lives is a bit of resilience to just focus on the Lord. Make it a, make it a goal of yours to just focus in on His Word, to set aside some time. It, it's a, it's a, it's a practical, uh, practical exercise that you can uh, do each and every day to just challenge yourself to set aside the time and not be distracted. But how easily is, um, uh, you know, all of us here, we have, we, have a, we have a time to pray, and suddenly it's when you're praying, that's when all of the concerns of life and all of our schedule and all of the uh, events of the day suddenly all come flooding in. And uh, we understand this, this flesh of ours doesn't want to focus in on the things of the Lord. 
But you know, we've got to discipline it. You know, we've got to grow in that. We've got to develop that. And, and we ought to t- make that a practice. And, you know, that, that can be a symptom of a wandering heart. You're easily distracted. One thing happens and, and suddenly our focus isn't there. Suddenly our attention is elsewhere. But look where it leads. Go back again to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And again, verse 17. And here, here was really what God's concern was. It says, if your heart turns away, so you will not hear, selective hearing, and shall be drawn away, easily distracted. Here's the last one. And worship other gods and serve them. Here's, a, here's where his concern was. There's going to lead to this major symptom, eventual idolatry. There were other gods. There were those that were made of stone and wood and, boy, it looked attractive. It looked easy enough. It looked like a substitute. And it led to eventual idolatry. In the, in the previous chapter, in uh, chapter 29, verse 18, lest there should be a, a, among you a man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. He's saying, you know, there's, this is a tendency of man's heart. In 1 Kings 11, verse 2, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go in to them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. And Solomon clave unto these in love. And Solomon, the wisest man, he was warned about that. And, you know, in the Bible, there's several meanings for idolatry. It's, it's in, we learn it in Exodus chapter 20, that, that great chapter about the Ten Commandments. It's placing anything above God. But it's also described as spiritual infidelity. Look at Hosea chapter 5. Look at Hosea chapter 5. And notice a couple of verses there, verses 1 and 4, 1 to 4. Hear ye this, O priests. And hearken ye, house of Israel, and give ye ear, O house of the king. For judgment is toward you, because ye have been a snare on Mizpah, and a net spread upon Tabor. And the revolters are profound to make the slaughter, though I have been a rebuker of them all. It says, I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom. And Israel is, Israel is defiled. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God. For the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. We haven't taken the time, but this whole, uh, the whole diatribe here of Isaiah was this, that they had turned to idols. And their spirit, he's describing them, a spirit of whoredom, it's infidelity. We're meant to be faithful to God, the only true God, by the way. And, and he's saying there that there's this, this tendency in man's heart to lift up idols instead. You know what that is? A spiritual infidelity. And the wandering heart's eventual end is idolatry. Wandering from our rightful place in Proverbs 27, 18, as a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. That is the eventual end of a heart that will just freely wander. And we better be careful. There's going to be a cost. We read it earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it's life or death. It's laid out for us. 
And so those are the symptoms. How do we remedy it really quickly? We won't take the time, but we were in Hosea. But Hosea 6.1, come and let us return unto the Lord. How do we remedy it? Repair your relationship. Right? God wants to restore us. It's a simple matter of asking for forgiveness and repairing that relationship. You know, the Bible tells us in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Repair that. Secondly, realign your priorities. In Proverbs 23, 26, my son, give me thine heart. Hey, listen. You know, the, the best place to keep your heart isn't with you. It's with the Lord. You want to keep it fixed? Fix it upon Him. Give it to Him. Give your heart to the Lord. It's a matter of giving our hearts to, to Him again and, and, and our priorities becoming His priorities. The, the best thing to do with a heart that wanders is to fix it on God. Make His priorities your priorities. This can only happen as you spend time with Him, as you make Him your priority in the first place. And then the second part of that verse, Proverbs 23, 26, it says, And let thine eyes observe my ways. We somewhat said it on Sunday morning, but refocus your direction. To observe means to keep your eyes on. He says, keep your eyes on my ways. Get back to God's ways. You know, where once we focused on the distractions, it's about fixing our gaze upon the Savior. It's a matter of realizing that you've wandered off in the right off the right path, and you need to get back. It's about observing His ways. What are some ways of God that you've neglected recently? Church, the Bible, prayer, witnessing, your testimony. All of those are ways of God. His nature, His character. You see, a wandering heart, it'll bring you to that point of idolatry. It's, it's, it's a place where you're going to find yourself selective in your hearing of His instructions. It's a place where you're going to find yourself easily distracted by the winds and the whims of this life. And it'll lead to eventual idolatry. But what do you need to do? You need to repair your relationship. Get back to God. You know, by the way, that's our theme for leadership conference, let us return. We want to return to God. And, and we want to then realign our priorities, re refocus our direction. And I love how that, that hymn finishes. It says, here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And, you know, we would do well tonight. We would do well each day. To just simply go, Lord, here's my heart. Here, take it and, and you guide it. Take it, you, you lead it. And, and help me not to wander from you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I know that, that this is our tendency as we traver, traverse this time. Lord, we still have this flesh and this world to deal with. And Father, we do indeed. Lord, our desire is to, to see your work done and your will done in our lives. And I pray that you'd help us to, then to focus in and have our hearts not wandering but fixed on you. I pray that you'd help us even tonight in Jesus' name.